You're listening to Eye on the Ball with Steve Rivera. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Eye on the Ball. I'm Steve Rivera alongside Jay Gonzalez, and you're listening to 1030 The Voice. It's a Tuesday. Won't be a boring Tuesday. Should be a fun Tuesday, Jay. I think it will be. We've got Steve Kerr coming in. and Who? Steve Kerr. I know that guy. I know that guy. <laughs> that guy. Everybody knows about that guy. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm really excited. It, uh, you know, I, I've got to know Steve a long time ago, and I've always followed his career, and it's just been great to see what he's been able to it's do. It's magical. You know, it is. I mean, this is, he, it, it's one of those things that, you know, I know that he never expected this, uh, you know, at the time he was going to the U of A here and all these great things that, that have happened to him, but it, they didn't just happen to him. He made no, them right, happen. Right. You know, he made them happen. He, he, he's a good guy. He's a worker. Um, he, you know, he's just, he's put this together and, and he's deserved everything he's gotten. I could buy stock in him if I had any money. Oh God, you know, it, it's just, it, it's been fun to watch. It's really been fun to watch. Yeah, no question. And you saw him, he got here like 85-ish, I think. He, he, no, he got here for the, uh, right at the start, 83-84 season, Lutz's first year, because um, he played he played 84, the 84, 85, 86 season, sat out 87, and then he finished within the 88 the season, the final four seasons. So okay. he was here for five years. Okay, okay, yeah, that must have been the case. I don't, I don't know why I don't know that, but I should. He's, yeah, he, you know, he, yeah, was, yeah, he yeah. was in Lutz's first beginning. recruiting class. And, yeah, uh, I'm going to joke know, about it with that, because Bobby, when she first, they went to go see him, he can't play. Well, he, nobody thought he could play. He didn't think he could play. That's not true. I, I mean, he thought he could play, but he was he just wasn't getting recruited. Right, right. And you know, uh, saw the um, yeah, just saw you know. I've been watching a lot of video of him sure. interviews he's done, and you know, he came to Arizona sight unseen. He mm-hmm. had never been here. He had never been to the campus, but uh, he didn't have too many other offers, and so he came here. Right, right. I think he only had one other offer, but we'll get to that. Uh, we're going to talk about the NBA. Right. We want to talk about the NBA, and then we want to want him to tell us some stories about his time. Here here in Tucson and you know he's he's really uh, he, he stayed in touch with Tucson he ca- had a home here for a while uh, and, you know he came and did it he did a summer camp right. summer basketball camp times. here for, for a number of years and so it's uh, you know he's, he's always kept a connection to Tucson and just the fact that he's coming on our show you know we're not mm-hmm. ESPN we're not you know we're not Fox Sports and he's coming on our show you know we just asked and he said sure and so we're happy he's going to be coming in I wonder if we're going to get the Grizzly Stevie Kerr or the Shaven Stevie Kerr. Well, as of a couple of days ago, he still hadn't shaved. shaved, (laughs) He's been making the rounds on a lot of different things. He he has been, you know, and I I get, you know, just probably keep him busy. You know, I mean, there's, I don't know how much there is to do at this point other than to wait for the basketball season to start. We'll ask him that. Right, right. No, good. Uh, Looking forward to that. But yes, a lot of things going on in the real world of sports now. Grand Canyon uh, is getting sued by Dan Marley. Thunder Dan. sued by Dan Marley. He's unhappy that they just kind of let him go and... He doesn't think they fulfilled uh, the terms of his contract, so he's filed a lawsuit against Grand Canyon University. We'll see what that's going to be. Um, a, a sad note for Arizona basketball, uh, Ken Burmeister, who was uh, one of Lute's longtime assistants and came to Arizona with him uh, when he came in the 83-84 season. He passed away from cancer day. Steve played for him for three mm-hmm. years, so I'm sure Steve will have some some thoughts on uh, on Ken Burmeister. I, I never met him. Uh, he, he took a job at Texas San Antonio 
of the year before I started covering the team, but by all accounts, a great guy. Yeah, no question. And a right-hand man to loot in the early years. Right, right. So it's, uh, you know, a sad day. Like, again, you know, by all accounts, just a, a really good guy and was one of the guys, obviously instrumental in helping to get this program off the ground. You followed Loot when he first got here. I was not here at the time, but I started late in the 90s, 80s. Uh, Loot didn't have a, a jerk assistant coach. Not that I knew of. I mean, Kevin O'Neill is a great guy, and he was a, he was kind of a hard guy, but he was friendly not, guy. Yeah, right. You could tell you could tell he was sort of the uh, you know the sergeant at arms on the on the basketball the team. He he was, and he was he was kind of the enforcer for the right. players. But he had a relationship with the players, mm-hmm. and I think all the players respected him. And uh, but yeah, I wouldn't ever call him a bad guy. I would no. just say he was he was the guy that you know kind of enforced things on the team during the right. time that he was here. I don't recall running into a coach that anybody thought was a bad guy no no they were all good guys his assistant and that's what you need when you're like the head ceo guy sometimes you have to be good cop bad cop loot was the bad cop for his way well you know loot and 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 again by all accounts I wouldn't. Lute had a relationship with the players, but he let the assistant coaches handle the. He was a CEO, the, right? Yeah. Handle the day to day, making sure the the student the, the players were going to class, all the all the things that that had to take place to keep a program together. So what you can say is Luke did a great job of hiring assistants who managed all that for him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Roz, McAndrews. All those guys. All those Tony guys. McAndrews, Ricky Birdsong, you know, Jesse the late Evans, Ricky yeah. Birdsong, all those guys, you know, yeah. top, to, top to bottom. Finally caught lightning in a bottle, 97. Yep. Well, you know, and 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 that was a, that was an interesting thing with that '97 team because I I wouldn't even put them no. in one of the top five teams that he had, and yet that's, that's funny. the one that won the national championship. One of these days we'll do that. We'll do that because that's interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, would you? I mean, I can top I five. Can, yes, I can name four right now that were better than that. Well, '88, '88, 2001, 2001, 2003, yes, and 2005. Oh, what about '98? 98. Well, yeah, but they, the 98 team was the, the same, same guys. They yeah. just, you know, it was a year 2005. older. 2005 wow, was that team that Chicago. lost to Illinois, yeah, the Shocker. Chicago. They should have been in the Final Four. Yeah. The 94 team went to the Final Four. Yeah. You know, so... Well, that would be a good debate. We'll get some people to call us. a whole bunch of teams that I think yeah. you could say were better than the 97 team. Yeah, yeah. It was just lightning light in the bottle. That doesn't yeah. happen very often. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, anything else sports-wise? No, well, you know, we, since we're going to have Bob Baffert coming in on Thursday yeah. uh, to talk horse racing and that whatnot, it was announced today that Belmont Stakes is going to run on June 20th. They're not going to have any fans. The race is going to be shorter because it's horses that are just kind of getting started. Prepping, but right. the, the Triple Crown is going to run this year with the Belmont in June, the Kentucky Derby in September, and the Preakness in October. So we're going to have that going on. So, right, and Bob and, has uh, some yeah, very good horses. Well, you know, guys, two-time Triple Crown winner. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm interested. I've never met him, so I'm interested to, yeah. to have a chance to talk He's to him. He's one of the good I've guys. I've had a long time interest in horse racing. He's a good, one of the good guys. One yeah. of the good guys. Yeah. Uh, let's take a quick break here, come back and see if we get Steve Kerr on the phone on the way back. Here on 1030 The Voice. Time to update those old kitchen cabinets? Call the Window Depot today. The Window Depot is not only the number one warehouse for windows and doors, we now have a great selection of kitchen and bath cabinets at Tucson's best prices. The Window Depot is Tucson's top spot for granite and quartz countertops to finish the new kitchen or the replacement of that old worn out Formica. So call us today at 290-8545 or 622-6430. The Window Depot, windows, doors, granite, and new kitchens. 
Hey, welcome back to uh, Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera alongside Jay Gonzalez and a guy many people know in Steve Kerr. Steve, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Hey, guys. How you doing? We're doing good. How are you, Steve? What are you doing? <laughs> uh, not a whole lot. Just uh, I'm in San Diego at our uh, at our house and uh, got the whole family here. It's which is nice because we're empty nesters now. So uh, you know, getting a little little time with the, the whole crew is awesome. But uh, under obviously very uh, strange circumstances and you know difficult circumstances for a lot of people. So seriously, yeah, I mean, the, the you've been. You know, we've all been cooped up for you know last two months, but since the you know the season stopped for you guys, I mean, what what actually have you had to do or been doing to kind of stay ready or be ready in case the season gets back going? I mean, what kinds of things have you tried to tried to do to to make sure that if it kicks in, you're ready to go? Well, I, as you guys know, we've uh, we've been in the middle of a, a difficult season, and so we're already out of the playoffs. And so, you know, what, what we've tried to do, you know, over the last couple of months uh, since the quarantine started, just stay in touch with our guys and, and um, really work internally to uh, to try to see where we need to get better. Um, you know, whether it's the remainder of this season or next season, um, you know, this is a time when we actually have some uh, some opportunity to, to to really delve into what what we're doing and, and what we've been doing for many years, and um, it's a unique opportunity because usually we're just kind of going you know flying through everything and going from one thing to the next. So um, you know our players know they have to stay ready as best they can, um, and our practice facility is supposed to open up in a couple of weeks, so we'll be in there. Uh, complying by NBA rules and state regulation and, and, you know, trying to train and see what happens from there. How was the year for you, the season, uh, given that over the last few years, you guys were spectacular, uh, almost uh, these glory years for the Golden State Warriors? Yeah, it was obviously uh, a difficult season um, and very different for us. You know, we were blessed uh, five straight years uh, going to the finals and you know, having so much talent, and then this year suffering the injuries, and right. uh, you know, going going to a, a really young group of guys trying to develop players, it's a different challenge, and and um, it was um, it, it was satisfying in a lot of ways, especially watching uh, the young guys get better, but also um, frustrating to lose games because it's you know we're all competitive and we're all trying to win, so. It's a totally different kind of year, but uh, we do think it was productive because our young guys got a lot better, and you know, hopefully once we're fully healthy again, uh, we'll, we'll be back in the mix. I mean, you're just not used to this. I mean, when was the last time you, you, you were even part of a bad team? Yeah, you know, um, I played 15 years in the NBA, and I think I was, I think I was on one sub 500 team i mean i lived right i just uh, <laughs> went from one good team to the next so i had a season in cleveland with the cavaliers maybe uh maybe about 1990 and mark price tore his acl and uh i think we won maybe 30 31 games and uh but other than that you know i was on really good teams all the time so I, i've been 
I've been spoiled. You lived right, but you also chose right. You went from the Bulls to the San Antonio Spurs and had some great years there. But let's go back to the obvious. You've been very busy on the tube talking about, that tells you how old I am, the tube, uh, <laughs> talking about the Chicago team and your time there. You became one of the stars on the show. And the one thing that I didn't see very often, maybe saw his face once, was BW and J- and in, uh, Bush that we saw a little. But how was that mm-hmm. with them being, you know, former UA guys on the same year? Yeah, yeah, it was, um, that was a great year, um, you know, 97, I believe, yes, when yes. Uh, Brian, who had become Bison Daly by that time, uh, he joined us for maybe the last 20 games of the season or so, and played a huge role, and um, you know, he and Judd and I shared that, that Arizona bond, and uh, Brian and Judd actually played together at U of A. I didn't, I didn't play with, uh, with, with, uh, Brian, but, um, you know, when he got to Chicago, the three of us just, you know, had a natural bond and, and loved playing with him. One of the most talented players I was ever around. And I think, uh, he really found, a uh, a great situation waiting for him because, uh, he didn't have to be the star but he could really use his talent and, and he played a big role in the playoffs in 97 and uh, really earned his keep. In that, in the, the uh, round table you did a couple of days ago with Sean Miller and, and Matt Muehlbach, you talked about, you know, that U of A connection, you know, in the NBA and that even to the point of a guy like Laurie Markkinen, who wasn't even born, I don't think when you were, when you were at the U of A, you know, <laughs> um, you know, that, that, you know, there's still that connection with guys, just everybody knowing they're from the U of A. I mean, how's that been for you guys? It's great. It's um, you know I think first there's there's just kind of a point of pride in the NBA where uh, you know if your if your school is playing uh, somebody else's school you know there's like an automatic bet that has to go on and and um, that's a really fun thing you know for especially guys in the Pac-12 you know Clay Thompson and I have a U of A Washington State standing bet both football and basketball and, and you know it just gives you a chance to kind of talk a little trash and and uh reminisce a little bit but um yeah the 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 bond definitely is there you know even with the guys who uh i've never even met before you know um i, I mentioned Malcolm, but um uh, you know aaron gordon or deandre Eaton, you know when we play those guys um you know there's always a an acknowledgement, you know, a bear down or, you know, whatever, or, or a few, a few words about how, how the, the Wildcats are doing. And um, it's fun. It's just, it's great to have that connection. And you have your connection on the bench with, with Q on the sideline. You have Luke on the sideline. There's a lot of UA guys out there still making a lot of money in the NBA. Yeah. And, and you know, when I arrived in Golden State, Andre Iguodala was uh, one of the key guys for us. And, and he and I shared really the same uh, basketball philosophy that largely came from, from Coach Olson. You know, he, we learned the game um, the same way, and, and we learned to see the game in the same way coming from Lute. And that was a really important connection because, uh, you know, I asked Andre to come off the bench. He had never come off the bench in his whole career, not a single game. And my first year, I, I, I realized that he could be a really powerful force for us. Um, if he came off the bench. And uh, so it was easier to ask him to do so because we shared that connection. And, uh, you know, he, I think, I think it was the right time for Andre to, 
to agree to something like that. It was later in his career. He had, you know, he'd been an all-star and he, uh, he, he made plenty of money. I think he, he was ready for something different. And of course, what ended up happening was he, you know, he ends up finals MVP in the same season that he's coming off the bench. You couldn't have written the script any better. Here, here, this is just you know from from where I sit as a you know n- non athlete never play, never played college anything but you know you became a you, you became a a general manager at one point you became a a head coach at one point you hadn't been a, you hadn't even been a coach you had you know, all these things that happened and you were you know in these seats for the first time how do you know how do you figure out what you're supposed to do, you know, when you're when you're going to your first practice as the Golden State Warriors coach or your first team meeting, how do you know what to do, what to say, how to act? You know, what's your philosophy? I mean, how how does all that come together? It's a great question, um, Jay. You know, I think uh, for me that that was definitely how I felt as a GM in Phoenix when I arrived. You know, it was like I needed a crash course. Uh, because I didn't know what the day-to-day life of a GM was like. But playing in the league for 15 years, I I did have an idea of what a coach did. And um, and I also had the experience of being a GM, and and um, that helped me prepare for coaching. But more than anything, I, I, really, spent, I really spent a lot of time. I gave it a lot of time uh, prior to uh, interviewing with the Warriors. I, I, I put in several years of... Um, preparing to coach, um, talking to mentors, talking to other coaches around the league, putting on, on paper and uh, kind of writing a, a manifest for what, you know, what our program would look like and things I believed in, thoughts. And, and I found it was it was a, an idea that uh, Jeff Van Gundy gave to me. He, he suggested I do it. And the great thing about doing that was that it, it, it helps me sort of crystallize my own philosophy. And, uh, you know, you, sometimes writing things down allows you to uh, to think them through more clearly. And uh, and I think that was the case. And then with all all that said and done, I, you know, I, I got to Golden State and didn't know if any of it would work, but I happened to have this incredible roster. And, you know, players make plays, players make a team and uh so the whole the whole point for us was really to you know just build a good culture and uh you know get the players to buy in and, and let them go and uh obviously it's, it's worked well i think that your philosophy of being a you're a people person there's no question about that you know the game i think that doesn't that help with today's I don't want to say kids, but players now, where you kind of let them uh, play, you kind of maneuver a little, but that gives them some freedom to do what they want to do. Yeah, I think so. And 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 to be honest, Phil Jackson was ahead of his time, you know, and and he did that 25 years ago, when most other coaches were, you know, kind of dictators, and right. um, you know, it was their way of the highway type thing, and and that's how people looked at coaches. Phil Jackson was much more of the, uh, you know, the, the contemplative sort. You know, we would meditate as a team and we would do mindfulness training and, and he would ask guys for suggestions uh, in film sessions. And So I learned a lot from him and Greg Popovich, too. Uh, very open-minded. Uh, just, uh, you know, both, both guys, the way they coached, they really... Um, allowed 
players to have a lot of input, and they were so successful with it that uh, I knew that that's how I wanted to approach the job, too. We have about one minute left on this segment, but you talked about this. I think you won your first title, maybe, uh, whatever it was. You made it a point of, of thanking Lute. With that regard, that how much he influenced you or whatever it was, and that meant a lot to him, I know, and to a lot of people that watched you grow up. You know, I never... Uh, talk to him about it but i do remember uh, mentioning him on the stage yeah. in, in 2015 you know when we were getting the championship trophy and doris berg asked me what i was thinking about and i told her i was thinking about all my old coaches because i i really was uh, given an incredible apprenticeship to to coach you know to 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 learn from lute olson lenny wilkins Greg Popovich and Phil Jackson. I mean, that, you know, four Hall of Famers. Cotton Fitzsimmons as well, and Phoenix, who was an amazing coach. So uh, I, I couldn't have been better prepared just from you know having played for for all those guys. And uh, so that's they were the ones I was thinking of. We're going to take a quick break here. Talk to Steve Kerr on the other side here on Ten Thirty The Voice. Thanks, Steve. These days, most families are concerned with having the right insurance coverage. Protecting your family, home, auto, and other valuable possessions can be challenging and sometimes expensive. Crest Insurance gives you flexible options and solutions while saving you money. Insurance is not one size fits all, and at Crest, we find the coverage that's best for you and your family. Visit us online at www.crestins.com or call us toll-free at 888-881-5765. Hey, welcome back to Wine the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera alongside Jay Gonzalez, and we have Steve Kerr on the line from San Diego's. So, Steve, I was, I was doing my, my research on you, right? I was going through all your stats, your, you know, your career at Arizona, a world championship, you know, five, five NBA championships as a player, three as a coach, but nowhere in any of that did I see anything about your one game with our summer league baseball team in the summer of 1988. Um, believe it or not, I still have the stats. We've got you down for one at bat. You took a walk and you scored a run, played third base. Um, what I remember is that you had to go from first to third on a base hit and you were sliding into third and we all held our breath and closed our eyes that you weren't going to blow out your knee. Do you have any recollection of that? Oh, I remember it well. What year was that? It, it was after the '88 season. You were you were waiting to get drafted, um, and I think somebody told the way we heard it was that somebody told you you got to get off that team because you're about to be drafted by the NBA. <laughs> and what the heck are you doing? Well, first of all, I remember I remember drawing a walk and. Uh, I was ahead of the curve on the money ball people. I, I understood the value of taking pictures and uh, <laughs> the base on balls. But, uh, no, you know, I, I loved baseball. And um, I don't think Coach Olson realized it, but uh, when I went home to Los Angeles in the summers uh, after my freshman and sophomore years at U of A, I would play American Legion baseball with my uh with my high school buddies and um i never told coach olson i just i just loved baseball so i just went and played and was all, you know back then like things just didn't seem like a big deal you know we all kind of played a lot of sports and you know there wasn't any social media nobody cared you could get away with kind of anything you wanted but 
Well, part of my summers in college were, was uh, going back and playing baseball. Well, yeah. Well, you know, at that time, I was on that team. Greg Hansen was on that team. And, Dave you know, Hirsch. Dave Hirsch, you know, who uh, I think he was the one who got you on the team. But, you know, we weren't going to report that. You were just out there, you know, trying to have a good time like everybody else. Well, it was Dick Tomey was on the team. Dick was right? on that team, and his yeah. and his son Rich was on that team. Rick LaRose, yeah. Dave Sitton. I mean, you know, a who's who of U of A athletics was, was on, because that's where that team got started. Dave and uh, Todd Walsh, who was working in the athletic department at the time, were the ones who put that team together. Well, I would still do it if I were physically capable. I, I would play uh, on a uh, softball team here in San Diego for many years with my buddies out here. Uh, it's too fun. I mean, baseball, softball, it's so much fun. And uh, it's, um, I still I, I still follow uh, the game. I'm a big Dodger fan. I didn't admit that up in the Bay Area until we won the championship. <laughs> I figured I was safe. But, um, yeah, not a lot of Dodger fans up there. In, invariably, when I've talked to you in the past, uh, you talk about all the championships and all that, but I think some of your greatest moments and greatest times were here at U of A with the bonds that you you created with the guys. Still hold? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, those guys are still, you know, my, my best friends. I mean, you know, Judd, uh, Bushler, uh, Q, Bruce Foles, Matt Nobach, uh, Sean Elliott, Tom Tolbert, um, you know, they. Uh, I, I talk to those guys frequently, and, and uh, just texted with Kenny Lofton the other day. I mean, it, it, Harvey Mason. We we just had an incredible group of guys, and and uh, you know, it's just different. College basketball is different from the NBA. It's a more innocent time, or at least it was then. I don't know about now, but uh, it, it was much more innocent, and 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 uh, it was inc- it was just incredibly fun and. Uh, Oh, did we drop him? He was just catching fire. I thought we dropped you there for a second. So, you know, Steve, I've, I've talked in, in here since I got on the show about the access that we had uh, back during that time. And, you know, when I was covering, I covered two teams. I covered the team where you sat out the year, and then I covered the 88 team. And, uh, you know, I, <clears throat> I've talked about how, you know, we, we, we had you guys to ourselves. I mean, we could go get you after practice. We could talk to you. And uh, I, I remember that before the season started, I, kinda, I picked you up on a, after a practice on a Saturday, and we spent a couple hours together just talking about stuff going into the season. So I've always wondered, and I kind of felt this later on, or maybe my recollection has gone, you know, haywire, but did you have a feeling or did you know that you guys were going to be that good in 88? Uh, no, I mean, I, we knew we were going to be good, um, but we didn't know what that meant because we we hadn't been able to compete with the, the big boys to that point, you know, and, and so what was great was going up to Alaska immediately and winning the Alaska shootout, beating Michigan and Syracuse, both, both on the top five at the time. And, and uh, so right away we, we realized, Oh my God, we could, you know, we could win the whole thing. Like we're that, we're that goal. It was amazing. You know, and it was, there was so much energy. It was so well balanced. Um, we shot 55% as a team for the season, which is unheard of. Um, but it was just, everything just clicked. It was, um, it was a, just a storybook thing. It's funny because a lot of this, you're self-effacing and you're very funny. Uh, I'm wondering if you own stock in dirt bags because you do bring them up a lot. 
<laughs> well, you know, we uh, all the all the players back then lived at Babcock Dorm, which was uh, directly across Speedway Boulevard from Dirtbags. So, before Coach Olson hadn't put two and two together, he might have moved. <laughs> moved two and two. <laughs> so, Steve, I'm going to put you on the spot, okay? Because I we have this argument here all the time, and you know, I've got my t- my my son who Adam who actually were, went to your basketball camp a couple of times, but um, you know, we have the debate. Who, which was the best team that Arizona's ever had. And these guys don't believe me when I tell them that even though, you know, you weren't very fast and McMillan wasn't very fast and Tolbert wasn't very tall, I still say that you guys were the best team ever. You would have beat the 2001 team that got to the championship. You would have beat the nine. Well, everybody would have beat the 97 team because they were, they weren't that, they just got hot. But I've always said that they had to see you play to know how good you were. I mean, I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you guys, do you think you were the best team ever? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> for, for obvious reasons, uh, you know, I, I always will give, give the 97 team the nod because uh, they want it. You know, you got to go, you got to go ahead and win it. And uh, the tournament is, um, it's incredibly powerful and it's heartbreaking. And, you know, they caught fire and they, uh, they, they did it, and uh, I remember going to the, to that game, that final game in Indianapolis, uh, sitting with Sean Elliott, and we were just we were so happy uh, involved with the program. And um, yeah, I mean that team, it you know they were a four seed, and it, nobody could have really predicted that they won, but they did it. And uh, you know, coaches had other teams that were higher ranked, and the '88 team. And, uh, you know, I, I, I still learn to this day my performance in that Final Four. But, like I said, that's you know, cool. one bad game is all it takes and you're out. And that's, uh, that's what happened in the game. I think it's happened a couple of times. Salim went two for 13 against Illinois in that cr- tragic game against uh, mm-hmm. Illinois. And there was another time two, th- two for 13s played a huge role in Arizona athletics for some reason. <laughs> but uh, that still haunts you. You've said that a few times. No doubt, no doubt. It's uh, it's the it's the only game that I ever uh, you know think about in terms of man, I'd like to have that one back. You know, um, it's just uh, it, that team was so special and we were so good. We were thirty five and two, and uh, you know I had such a a magical uh, season going that year, shooting the ball. I felt so good going into that game, and then. Uh, you know, I had a had a couple go in and out right in the beginning of the game, and then just kind of lost my rhythm completely and my confidence, and uh, couldn't get it back. And it was just just spiraled out of control on me. And what a miserable feeling, you know, just knowing biggest game of my college career, and, and you know, Final Four, you know, championship game on the line, and uh, I just couldn't find it. It was so frustrating. So, yeah, I still think about it. <laughs> Well, I don't know if this will make you feel better or worse, but I, I mean, I still thought you guys were the best team. I thought you were better than Oklahoma. I thought you were certainly better than Kansas, and then Kansas ended up winning, you know, winning the whole thing with you know Danny Manning. But you know, I, I 
it took a while for me to to realize how good you guys were. Even after the shootout, I thought, okay, so you know they got hot, they won the shootout, yada yada yada. But then when you guys just kept winning, just pounding people, I thought, man, you know. And part of it, I think I've told people is that I was born here, I lived here, I grew up with, you know, U of A basketball and football and. Mm-hmm. Final fours just didn't happen here, so it took a long, a long time for me to mm-hmm. to come to grips with the fact that you guys really were that good. But going to the final four, I thought you guys were going to win it all. Yeah, yes. I mean, I I really did too. We were uh, we were just so well balanced. Sean Elliott was was the best player in the country, and uh, just an amazing talent. And then everybody around him, just we all played our roles. And, the team fit together so well, and and uh, we had incredible chemistry. You remember the Gumbies? All oh, yeah. The crew was just so f- excited and fired up every game. The crowd was amazing. I mean, it was uh, just a magical, magical time to, to be at McHale. Let me remind you real quick. Uh, Bobby, Bobby was one of my all-time favorite people. Uh, she was with Lute when she went to go see some some guy play some basketball at the high school. I think it was somebody else, and you happened to be there playing as well. And Lute, you caught Lute's eye, um, and uh, Bobby, he told Bobby, uh, well, this guy looks pretty good. And I guess Bobby said, are you kidding me? And uh, <laughs> True story, correct? True story, yeah. Lute, Lute takes great pleasure in telling that story too <laughs> you know he loves to give me a little jab like that but uh yeah i mean i was i was definitely a late bloomer and and uh, you know it took me definitely took me uh a couple of years before i i really felt comfortable and confident as a college player i mean i think by my the middle of my sophomore year i felt confident but my freshman year the game was going so fast and you know i just had to had to catch up. I was not uh, a highly rated recruit and not a great athlete, but uh, you know, it was uh, it was just uh, an amazing thing to to develop and to to be coached by that coaching staff. And um, and by the way, I want to uh, pass along my condolences to Ken Burmeister's yes. family. Uh, we received news that uh, Kenny passed away uh, last night, and he was. Uh, one of the assistant coaches on that squad, just a great coach, great man, and uh, he lost his battle to cancer last night. So we're all all grieving today. Yeah, we we were going to bring that up. Um, yeah, very you know very sad. I, I never got to meet meet him, but uh, you know, like I said, I said earlier on the show before he came on, by all accounts, he was just you know one of those guys, one of those guys that just mm-hmm. you know. Everybody just loved him. So, so let me ask yeah. you because I know you, you, you know, you've kept your your connections to Tucson. You had a home here for a while. You know, you did the you did the the uh, the okay. summer camp yeah. at uh, at St. Gregory, where you know my kids went to school there. And so you've always kept that connection. Do you, when you think about your time here, do you have a, a top? memory you know it could have been while you were you know while you were in school maybe something afterwards i mean what you know what's some of your top uh, memories from being you know from being in tucson oh man well i was married there you know at, uh, on campus at the, at the newman center uh, and uh my wife Margot and i had uh for about 12 years and uh so we had so many good times here um uh, you know, just walking from our house down to football games and tailgating, and so you know, a lot of a lot of fun times after uh, we graduated. But um, you know, just there's nothing like being a student and being on campus. You know, it's such an amazing, uh, and an amazing 
place to be. And, and um, you know, when you're that age and you're just getting your independence and uh, in that, that beautiful uh, campus every day and amongst amongst the uh, the people in Tucson, it's a just a, a phenomenal experience. So but my 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 days on campus, uh, I mean, they were so special. Honestly, I'm not I'm not even kidding. When I tore my knee. My first thought was, oh, my God, this is brutal. I just tore my ACL. My second thought was, oh, I get an extra year of college. <laughs> so, and, and that's not that's not a joke. I'm not lying. That's that's the truth. So I got five years instead of four. How was it? <laughs> we talked about uh, Bushler and, and BW with Chicago, but then you went to go play with one of your best friends in, in Sean Elliott at San Antonio and were able to win another title with him. How was that? Yeah, that was so much fun uh, to be reunited with Sean, and and, um, and then of course you know he went through yeah. the kidney transplant mm-hmm. and um, and the and the comeback from that, um, and Sean has uh, you know stayed in San Antonio and still doing TV there, so he is he's made it his home, and and uh, but San Antonio was our family's home for six years, and we have great memories from there too. So. Well, it's really interesting how my my career has sort of uh, just been intertwined, you know, with with so many people from U of A, you know, all the way from, uh, you know, from the very beginning to to all, you know, to now with the Warriors. So there's there's been this common thread. So I'm wearing my uh, Popovich Kerr shirt today. Um, <laughs> when are you guys going to declare? We need to, we need some leadership here. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm I'm just uh, I'm just his campaign manager. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> it's been great to talk to you. Fantastic to talk to you. Well, fun to visit with you guys, and uh, just want to say hi to everybody uh, and, and uh, you know, I hope everybody's hanging in there. I know these are you know these are difficult times for for a lot of people, and. Uh, Hope everybody's hanging in, and and uh, it seems like we've got a little momentum. You know, people started to get back to work a little bit, and and uh, hopefully we find the right balance between you know working and and staying healthy, and and we're able to to kind of get over the hump with this thing. But uh, a big hello to everybody out there. Well, Steve, I I do appreciate it. It's, it's great to catch up with you, and uh, you know, you you were a big part of you know my sports writing career, and I, you know, those were you know like like you those that was. You know that was a highlight of my, you know my my newspaper career just covering that team, and so I want to say thanks to you because that was a lot of fun. So I do I do appreciate you you coming on with us, and uh, hopefully we can do this again and again sometime. Love to. Okay, great. Thanks, guys. Thanks a bunch. Take care. That was Steve Kerr, obviously the coach of the Golden State Warriors. We'll take a break here and come back here on ten thirty. The Voice. Go local. Make the switch. At Hughes Federal Credit Union, we offer customized solutions and get you what you need faster. Like our quick and easy credit cards and auto loans. All done online from start to finish. Save time using mobile banking, bill pay, mobile deposit, and mobile pay with just a few clicks. Live large accessing 30,000 plus surcharge free ATMs and free debit card choices. Make the switch to Hughes today. Visit HughesFCU.org slash switch. Certain restrictions apply insured by NCUA. Hey, welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. 
alongside Jay Gonzalez. I'm Steve Rivera. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. You know, he's he's such a good guy, and he's always been yeah. so, you know, easygoing, you know, easy to get along with. You know, he, he he's, you know, I mean, he's accomplished so much, yet he's stayed so grounded. Right, right. And I think that's that's the charm of a guy like that. Yeah, not to get political, because I hate politics, and I was kind of joking about the Popovich stuff, but uh, this is without hesitation. And you've met some guys, the same guys I've met, I have yet to meet anybody smarter than Steve. He's pretty darn smart, and uh, not just on subjects. Everything, pretty much everything. Well, he's thoughtful, and and you, and you can tell that he's, you know, he he's, he reads and he pays attention to things going on around him. Mm-hmm. He understands his position. You know, he understands that he's got he's got a platform, and and he's mm-hmm. he states positions, and he's he's never. Uh, I, I think he's just he's he's just very rational about things that he does and the things that he says. So I, you know, I. I follow him on on, on Twitter, Twitter and yeah. stuff, and just and some I respond to some of his stuff because he just you know he comes up with stuff and you think I, I wish I had said that right 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 him I'll give you him Matt Mulebach right uh, obviously I covered Loot uh, Sean Miller I, I always say this about Sean Sean's very smart we all know that but he always has the answer before you ask the question. <laughs> Well, you know, and again, Steve is just uh, a guy who's just willing to, you know, he'll, he'll talk about it. I, I tried to pin him down on the 88. Yeah, he won't go there. He, he, he wouldn't do that. But, uh, you know, and I still stand by what I say. That See, they, I'm a 2001 that guy. They would beat, they would have, they would beat anybody. Uh, I just, I just do because of the way that team played as a team. So, yeah. um, I, I was trying to, I was trying to get him to say that so that I could go to my kid <laughs> and say, See, I told See, you. Now your kid's going to say, See, now, Steve Kirk could even convince I know, I know, I know. But well, he again, he's he's too good a guy to just you know make a comment about another team. Right? No, no, he was. I, I covered the ninety-seven. I happened to be lucky enough to be sent to cover that ninety-seven team when he won the, the when he hit the shot to win the title, and uh, we were on deadline. I think it was, and I asked him, "Could you hypothetically tell me if something like this happens? Could you give me a quote because I'll be in deadline?" He says, "I'm not going there." I'm not going. You know, he's very smart. I'm not going. I'll talk to you after the game. If it happens, it happens. But I don't talk in hypotheticals. How funny. Yeah. No, he's, again, you know, just uh, there's there's a reason that he's he's loved everywhere he goes. You know, they love him in, yeah. at, at Golden State. You know, wherever he was, people thought well of him. And mm-hmm. yeah, so, you know, it's, it's, it's just always fun to talk to him. Right, right, right. No, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I think you've been here, what, 10 days, nine days, something like that? Uh, You're batting about 700 with guests. That's pretty good. We've had some pretty good, Greg Byrne, Steve Kerr, a lot of guys before that, I can't remember. Terry Francona. Terry Francona. We, we had, uh, you know. The, the New Mexico State baseball player, Martinez, right. or Gonzalez. Well, look, that, and that's what we're trying to do with the show. Yeah. We want to, you know, we want to talk about Tucson sports, but there are a lot of great Tucson sports figures, <laughs> national figures who mm-hmm. can who can come on and talk about the NBA, Major League Baseball, you know, probably the NFL, whatever, but then can talk about their connection to Tucson. Right. And, th- and that's what we're trying to be. And I think that, uh, you know, that, that's, that's what we're looking for. And so, you know, we, we, when, we, when we bring these guys on and we're lucky to get Steve or Terry Francona or somebody on for half an hour, you know, we want to talk about the issues of the day. But then we always spend some time about them. talking about them and, yeah. and their time in Tucson because I think that connection, you know, people love having that connection with big-time athletes and big-time right. sports figures. Yeah, that's 
said, we have uh, not a guy connected to Tucson, but uh, Pac-12 tomorrow. Right. We're going to bring Yogi Roth on tomorrow. He's uh, uh, an analyst for uh, for Pac-12 Networks, does uh, you know all the sports. And Yogi spent last week uh, talking to all the Pac-12, co- Pac-12 football coaches. They did these webinars with three coaches at a time. They did four of them, including one with Kevin, Kevin Sumlin that we you know played parts of that uh, last week. But I'd, I want to talk football with him. We're not, I, mm-hmm. I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about COVID. We, we know where we are on that. You know, things are happening. It's changing every day. But I, I think we want to spend some time talking about, okay, what's going on in football? It's starting to look like we're going to have a football season, um, whether it starts on time or whether we have fans or whatever. It seems like there's going to be a football season. So, you know, let's start talking about what that might look like You're in right. terms of what's it going to look like on the field? Who's good? You know, what are the coaches? I was impressed by, uh, I, I, I did, I haven't, I'll, I'll be, I'll listen to them by tomorrow, but I only, I've only listened to a couple of them. I love Justin Wilcox, the coach at Cal. He, he just seemed like a very straightforward guy. Um, uh, Mario Cristobal, I listened to him and Coach Sumlin. So I'm going to be interested to see Yogi's take on all the things that were covered last week. Right, right. And on Thursday, one of my idols, if I could say that, uh, Bob Baffert. I was going to try to joke with Steve. One weekend, I would love to come back as Steve Kerr or Bob Baffert, just for a weekend. I'd, you know, oh, I, I, well, I'd just, like, I'd just like to get Bob Baffert's seat at Churchill Downs. Just oh, give me yeah. that. That's bucket list all day. I'd, I'd love that. I, you know, I've, I've, I've followed him uh, and, and, and the things he's done in his career, and it's great that it's, he's an Arizona guy and he's proud of being an Arizona mm-hmm. guy. We see him at, at at U of A basketball games, I've seen him as a guest of of President Robbins, and he did the game the day. He was row. the game day guest, right? Then. Yeah, he was on game day. So I, I love that. Again, another guy who's hit it big. He's he's as prominent as he as anybody can be in his field in his sport. Mm-hmm. Yet. He stays connected to Tucson, and, and, and I love that about guys like right. that. And he's not even really a Tucson guy. He's a Nogales guy. He's a Nogales guy, but you know what? We yeah, claim him. Yeah, we claim yeah, him because he went to the U of A. You know what? If you set foot on campus, you're a Tucson guy. Right. No question. Oh, you're a U of A guy. Yes, yes. Uh, so good week so far. Again, another good, you know, we, we've got it going. Um, so Yogi Roth tomorrow, Pac-12 Networks, and Bob Baffert on Thursday. Yeah, maybe we start getting calls. I know we take a lot of the time doing the interviews, but if anybody wants to fill in and call... Just give us a well, quick call. Yeah, just feel free to do that. Right. Good show, Jay. Thanks a bunch, Thanks. man. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for being here. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll see everybody tomorrow here on 1030 The Voice. Thanks.